Hey, Bible, y'all. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the Bible Y'all podcast for Wednesday, November 29th. Happy Customer is Wrong Day, which, coming hot on the heels of all them violent Black Friday mobs, I'm pretty sure is a revolt by retail associates against that customer is always right mantra, which everybody knows ain't true, cause we all got a friend who just loves to go to Walmart and pick on the help who can't fight back. I had a friend like that. For him, it was an elitist thing, as if that blue vest ain't got all the same problems he had. Of course, if a cop pulled him over, his attitude spun on a dime. That's how you can tell if you're a mean person. If you wouldn't say it to a cop, then you are. It's like Rush Limbaugh always said, you can tell a person's character by how they treat people who can do nothing for them or to them. It's just another manifestation of that whole ye can be as God's religion that's been dragging people to hell for forever and seems to come to a head every year on Black Friday with folks getting shot over flat screens. Which raises an interesting question. Which is worse, to shoot somebody over a TV or to love TV so much in the first place that violence in its name seems reasonable? Because I say it's not what we do that makes us evil, but what's in our hearts. Like devoting ourselves to the idols of world religion, like a TV. Because like Jesus said, even if our elitist buddy we was just talking about never killed nobody, wanting to makes him just as bad. And I've heard it preached that the Hebrew word for meek connotes someone who's skilled in violence but chooses not to use it. Which is mind-blowing. Because like Jordan Peterson says, if you're too chicken to choose violence in the first place, your choice not to ain't a moral one. It ain't even a choice. And the last guy you want around is a coward who's only faking being moral. Because he'll turn on you quicker than a Chuck Norris roundhouse. Our reading for today is Daniel 6, 1-28, 2 Peter 3, 1-18, Psalm 119, 129-152, and Proverbs 28, 21-22. So if y'all are ready, a long time ago, I was a loss prevention guy at a retail store and I busted these two guys trying to steal a calendar. They both got six months. But before we get to the reading, let's me and the squad do a review of yesterday's study. Okay, yesterday on the 28th in the Old Testament, we read Daniel 5, 1 through 31. And if y'all remember, King Neb wrote in the last chapter about a little adventure he went on where God, just to make a point, turned him into a were-chicken for seven years. Not literally. He just had him go mad and get run out of the palace. But it worked, because when he came home, he never said another bad word about God ever again. And this chapter details the fall of Babylon to the Medes and Persians in 539 BC. King Neb was dead and gone. And the king here is named Belshazzar. And there were a succession of princes after King Neb who reigned a couple years or so each, but there's some overlap because there's some confusion about who's who. And depending on which website you look at, Belshazzar's daddy was technically the king, or he was dead, but whatever, Belshazzar ran things and did a poor job apparently. And if Daniel was taken captive as a teenager in 605 BC, that makes him like 80-ish right now. So that means two things. He was old and less worried about getting into trouble by talking back to the king, and the end of the 70 years is coming up. But anyway, Belshazzar the king throws a giant party for a thousand of his lords. Lot of eating and drinking and sack butt music too, probably. (laughs) And the drunker they get, the cockier they get. And just to prove he could get away with it, or maybe they ran out of red solo cups, 
he commanded to bring the golden and silver vessels which Nebuchadnezzar had taken out of the temple in Jerusalem so that the king and his princes, his loudmouthed wives and his trashy concubines might drink out of them. And the fact that this guy's wives and his girlfriends were all in the same place ought to tell you something about what kind of party this is. So they went in and got them and partied with them. But guess what, Shazzy? You can't get away with it. Because it wasn't even an hour later that this ghost hand appeared and started writing on the wall. It wasn't even a whole hand, just the fingers. Just enough to write on the wall, I guess. But Shazzy sees it and freaks out. Verse 6 says, Then the king's countenance was changed, and his thoughts troubled him so that the joints of his loins were loosed, which means he either peed or pooped or both on himself, and his knees smote one against another. It's not very kingly behavior there, Shaz. So, guess what? He calls for the astrologers, the soothsayers, and all them other 900-line psychics that must be union because you can't get rid of them and they ain't worth a dang. <laughs> Shazzy promises that anybody who can read this ghostwriting will be clothed with scarlet, have a chain of gold around his neck, and shall be the third ruler in the kingdom. But the 900-line psychics are all like, yeah, we don't know what that is. Can't be good, though. And Shazzy freaks out even more, such that his lords were astonished, which is probably a nice way of saying he was screaming like a radar detector the whole time. (laughs) Now, the queen, who the commentaries think is the queen mother, Shazzy's mom, not his wife, and probably some kind of priestess, maybe, by reason of the words of the king and his lords came into the banquet house, which means she wasn't there to see it all go down. But with Shazzy all weepy and rolling around on the floor in his own filth, well, something's got to be done. So these idiots are like, go get his mom. (laughs) There you go. And his mom says, quit your crying. There's a guy named Daniel who was so good at interpreting stuff and whatnot that the king Nebuchadnezzar, thy father, made him master of the magicians, astrologers, Chaldeers, soothsayers, and such. You ought to call him. So, then was Daniel brought in. And Shazzy's like, I heard of you, and if you can tell me what that writing on the wall means, thou shalt be clothed with scarlet, and have a chain of gold about thy neck, and shalt be the third ruler in the kingdom. But Daniel's grumpy. He was probably already down for the night in his easy chair watching Walker, Texas Ranger, and old folks don't like having to get up once they get settled in. So he's like, I'll tell you, but you can keep all your trashy gifts or give them to somebody who wants to be around you. Because I'll tell you something, the Most High God gave Nebuchadnezzar thy father a kingdom and majesty and glory and honor. Whom he would, he slew. Whom he would, he kept alive. And whom he would, he set up. And whom he would, he put down. And anybody who is somebody all paid respect to him. The Lord had such regard for him that when his heart was lifted up and his mind hardened in pride, he was deposed from his kingly throne, and they took his glory from him. And he was driven from the sons of men, and he lived in the woods like a were-chicken until he knew that the Most High God ruled in the kingdom of men, and that he appointeth over it whomsoever he will. I knew Nebuchadnezzar, and thou his son, O Belshazzar, you are no Nebuchadnezzar. You ain't yet humbled thine heart, though thou knewest all this. No, instead, you gotta go get all God's nice stuff that came out of God's house and use it for drinking and carousing while you steady worshiping all the gods of silver and gold and brass and iron, wood and stone, which see not, nor hear, nor know. And the God in whose hand thy breath is, and whose are all thy ways, hast thou not glorified. What did you think was gonna happen, Shazzy? But anyway, let me read this to you. It says, Meeny, meeny, tekel, ufarsen. And that means, Meany, God hath numbered thy kingdom and finished it. You're done. Tekel, thou art weighed in the balances and art found wanting. Basically called him a lightweight and a crook, but with way more style than I just did. 
Then he says Perez, which the commentaries say is the singular form of the word Upharsin, which I didn't know, but it means divided, as in thy kingdom is divided and given to the Medes and Persians. And even though Daniel just dogged him out and gave him bad news, Shaz was good to his word, and they clothed Daniel with scarlet and put a chain of gold about his neck and made a proclamation concerning him that he should be the third ruler in the kingdom. Yeah, yeah, yeah. For a couple hours anyway, because the Medes and Persians were probably already inside the city by this point. And that night was Belshazzar, the king of the Chaldeans, slain, and Darius the Median took the kingdom, being about threescore and two years old. He was sixty-two. So the golden head of the statue in Nebuchadnezzar's dream, which represents Babylon, fell in 539 BC. The silver breast and arms, the Medes and the Persians reigned supreme until 331 BC, when the brass belly and thighs, Alexander the Great, shows up. Daniel was on staff for the Babylonians for 66 years and even gained favor with Darius the Mede. Which we'll get to. And then in the New Testament, we read 2 Peter 2, 1-22. And Peter just got done saying that no prophecy of the Scripture is of any private interpretation, meaning the Old Testament. We always want to forget that they didn't have the New Testament yet. Peter's They're writing it. Yeah, Peter's writing it right now. <laughs> now he says about the Old Testament folks, but there were false prophets also among the people, even as there shall be false teachers among you who privily shall bring in damnable heresies, even denying the Lord that brought them, and bring upon themselves swift destruction. They'll follow pernicious or lascivious ways, and speak evil of the truth, cause they greedy, and they'll tell you what you want to hear, as long as you keep donating to their widows and orphans fund, or Haitian earthquake victims, or whatever charity scam they running. And I mention Haitian earthquake victims, cause when I worked in mental health, helping put child abusers in jail, my office worked part of that Haitian child trafficking scandal the Clinton Foundation was all involved in. It wasn't on my caseload, but my office was involved. So I have no direct knowledge of the case, but there's only five of us caseworkers in one big room, and it was discussed frequently, so I have some understanding. And basically what happened was, when the earthquake hit, every sleazy NGO and nonprofit in the country was crawling out from under every rock and rotten board to get in on some of that government aid. And what we didn't know at the time was... Hillary, who was Secretary of State, put the Clinton Foundation in charge of deciding which tax-exempt crooks got the billions. Well, turns out, a bunch of these outfits, not all, I think, but some, were just fronts for human trafficking and were smuggling little kids out of the country, a lot of them back to the U.S. And when it all came out, the always impressive and never dishonest FBI got involved. And what they did was, since there were far too many cases for any single office like ours, they split them up among several counties in Florida because all the kids came in through Florida from Haiti, so jurisdiction. My office interviewed like four or five kids. Basically, some church group either set up an orphanage or took one over or something like that. It was 10 years ago and it wasn't my case and I've slept since then. But they kidnapped little kids for skeevy low-life elitist types. And let me reiterate, it was a Christian nonprofit charity that was doing this. That might have even come through your church to raise funds. <laughs> A couple months later, after we did our part and was all finished, we were told that the FBI dropped the investigation because one of the parents talked to the media, which somehow screwed the case up. And if you're asking how that screws the case up, we didn't understand it either. Of course, we didn't know at the time that the Clintons were so immersed in the scandal. So it seems obvious now that the feds were called off once it was out of the news. Whatever, I doubt we'll ever know what the truth really is. 
and we'll just have to be content with knowing that at least some of the kids got rescued. My point in telling that story is, don't just give money to any old charity, even if it's a church group. Because like Peter just said, through covetousness shall they with feigned words make merchandise of you. Of course, in the very next breath, he says, whose judgment now of a long time lingereth not, and their damnation slumbereth not. And I know I'm always saying that I don't wish hell on anybody, no matter how bad they are, but there's some Haitian earthquake charities that I'm a little less upset to know that their damnation slumbereth not. Anyway, what were we talking about? Oh yeah, Second Peter 2. Next, he says something really interesting. He says, For if God spared not the angels that sinned, but cast them down to hell to be reserved unto judgment, so fallen angels that came down to breed with humans and corrupt humanity by making Nephilim is what he's talking about. And spared not the old world, but saved Noah, the eighth person, bringing in the flood upon the world of the ungodly. So wiping out all those Nephilim we was just talking about. And turning the cities of Sodom and Gomorrah into ashes right after trying to have their way with the two angels. And what, make more Nephilim? I'm not saying that's why the city was scheduled for demolition. That was already on the books when the angels went in to get Lot out. I'm just saying maybe there's more going on than we've been told. But Peter's point is, he's comparing all these crooked Christian charity types, these false teachers and such, to like the grossest, most heinous characters in the Old Testament. And says, if God didn't spare them, how much worse is it going to be for these guys? Because even the angels, which are greater in power and might, bring not railing accusation against them before the Lord, but them that walk after the flesh and the lust of uncleanness, presumptuous are they, self-willed, not afraid to speak evil of dignities. Even the angels don't behave like these skeevy people do. So put that in your pipe and smoke it, Haitian earthquake charities, because all them going to receive the reward of unrighteousness, as they that count it pleasure to riot in the daytime. Spots they are and blemishes, sporting themselves with their own deceivings while they feast with you having eyes full of adultery that cannot cease from sin, beguiling unstable souls, and heart they have exercised with covetous practices, cursed children. He just kind of goes on like that for a long time, dog-cussing these false teacher types. He even brings Balaam into it with his talking donkey. Remember him? And at the end of the chapter, Peter gets to the moral, which is, For it had been better for them not to have known the way of righteousness than after they have known it to turn from the holy commandment delivered unto them. So Peter is warning of present-day Balaam's among them that love the wages of unrighteousness. Peter tells them what to look for, too. He said, They fill their eyes with adultery and exercise their hearts in the practice of covetousness. They are wells without water. Peter likens them to pigs after getting washed, going back to wallowing in the mire, and enticing others to join them. They give the way of truth a bad name in the world, and to be on the lookout for these in your midst. And then in Psalms, we read Psalm 119, 113 through 128. And the first letter we deal with is Samic. And the big idea is here, depart from me, ye evildoers, for I will keep the commandments of my God. He's praising God for his word and trying his hardest to get away from the skeevy Haitian earthquake charity. And the next letter is Aen, and he switches up to asking for mercy. He says, I have done judgment and justice. Leave me not to mine oppressors. And verse 126 says, It is time for thee, O Lord, to work, for they have made void thy law. He's not telling the Lord to get to work. He's <laughs> saying it's time for us to work for the Lord. But it's not obvious from the text. And verse 114, something good to meditate on. Thou art my hiding place and my shield. I hope in thy word. And then in Proverbs, we read Proverbs 28, 19, and 20 
which says, He that tilleth his land shall have plenty of bread, but he that followeth after vain persons shall have poverty enough. A faithful man shall abound with blessings, but he that maketh haste to be rich shall not be innocent. He say, and work hard at an honest trade and be prosperous. Prosperity is what the goal should be, which is different from just getting rich. If all you're trying to do is get rich, well, that's vain and you shall not be innocent. Yeah, and be fruitful with what God has given out of obedience to him. We reap what we sow. But that's the end of our review of yesterday's study. Thanks for your help, babe. Our reading in the Old Testament for November 29th is Daniel 6, 1-28. It pleased Darius to set over the kingdom and hundred and twenty princes, which should be over the whole kingdom, and over these three presidents, of whom Daniel was first, that the princes might give accounts unto them, and the king should have no damage. Then this Daniel was preferred above the presidents and princes, because an excellent spirit was in him, and the king thought to set him over the whole realm. Then the presidents and princes sought to find occasion against Daniel concerning the kingdom, but they could find none occasion nor fault, for as much as he was faithful, neither was there any error or fault found in him. Then said these men, We shall not find any occasion against this Daniel, except we find it against him concerning the law of his God. Then these presidents and princes assembled together to the king, and said thus unto him, King Darius, live forever. All the presidents of the kingdom, the governors and the princes, the counselors and the captains, have consulted together to establish a royal statute, and to make a firm decree, that whosoever shall ask a petition of any god or man for thirty days, save of thee, O king, he shall be cast into the den of lions. Now, O king, establish the decree, and sign the writing, that it be not changed, according to the law of the Medes and Persians, which altereth not. Wherefore King Darius signed the writing and the decree. Now when Daniel knew that the writing was signed, he went into his house, and his windows being open in his chamber toward Jerusalem, he kneeled upon his knees three times a day and prayed, and gave thanks before his God, as he did aforetime. Then these men assembled and found Daniel praying and making supplication before his God. Then they came near and spake before the king concerning the king's decree. Hast thou not signed a decree that every man that shall ask a petition of any god or man within thirty days, save of thee, O king, shall be cast into the den of lions? The king answered and said, The thing is true, according to the law of the Medes and Persians, which altereth not. Then answered they and said before the king, That Daniel, which is of the children of the captivity of Judah, regardeth not thee, O king, nor the decree that thou hast signed, but maketh his petition three times a day. Then the king, when he heard these words, was sore displeased with himself, and set his heart on Daniel to deliver him. And he labored till the going down of the sun to deliver him. Then these men assembled unto the king, and said unto the king, Know, O king, that the law of the Medes and Persians is, that no decree nor statute which the king establisheth may be changed. Then the king commanded, and they brought Daniel, and cast him into the den of lions. Now the king spake, and said unto Daniel, Thy God, whom thou servest continually, he will deliver thee. And a stone was brought, and laid upon the mouth of the den, and the king sealed it with his own signet, and with the signet of his lords, that the purpose might not be changed concerning Daniel. Then the king went to his palace, and passed the night fasting. Neither were instruments of music brought before him, and his sleep went from him. Then the king arose very early in the morning, and went in haste unto the den of lions. And when he came to the den, he cried with a lamentable voice unto Daniel. And the king spake and said to Daniel, O Daniel, servant of the living God, is thy God whom thou servest continually able to deliver thee from the lions? Then said Daniel unto the king, O king, live forever. My God hath sent his angel, and hath shut the lions' mouths 
that they have not hurt me. For as much as before him innocency was found in me, and also before thee, O king, have I done no hurt. Then was the king exceeding glad for him, and commanded that they should take Daniel up out of the den. So Daniel was taken up out of the den, and no manner of hurt was found upon him, because he believed in his God. And the king commanded, and they brought those men which had accused Daniel, and they cast them into the den of lions, them, their children, and their wives, and the lions had the mastery of them, and break all their bones in pieces, or ever they came at the bottom of the den. Then King Darius wrote unto all people, nations, and languages that dwell in all the earth, Peace be multiplied unto you. I make a decree that in every dominion of my kingdom men tremble and fear before the God of Daniel, for he is the living God, and steadfast forever, and his kingdom that which shall not be destroyed, and his dominion shall be even unto the end. He delivereth and rescueth, and he worketh signs and wonders in heaven and in earth, who hath delivered Daniel from the power of the lions. So this Daniel prospered in the reign of Darius, and in the reign of Cyrus the Persian. Our reading in the New Testament for November 29th is 2 Peter 3, 1-18. This second epistle, beloved, I now write unto you, in both which I stir up your pure minds by way of remembrance, that ye may be mindful of the words which were spoken before by the holy prophets, and of the commandment of us, the apostles of the Lord and Savior, knowing this first, that there shall come in the last days scoffers, walking after their own lusts, and saying, Where is the promise of his coming? For since the fathers fell asleep, all things continue as they were from the beginning of the creation. For this they willingly are ignorant of, that by the word of God the heavens were of old, and the earth standing out of the water and in the water, whereby the world that then was, being overflowed with water, perished. But the heavens and the earth which are now, by the same word, are kept in store, reserved unto fire against the day of judgment and perdition of ungodly men. But, beloved, be not ignorant of this one thing, that one day is with the Lord as a thousand years, and a thousand years as one day. The Lord is not slack concerning his promise, as some men count slackness, but is long-suffering to usward, not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. But the day of the Lord will come as a thief in the night, in which the heavens shall pass away with a great noise, and the elements shall melt with fervent heat. The earth also, and the works that are therein, shall be burned up. Seeing then that all these things shall be dissolved, what manner of persons ought ye to be in all holy conversation and godliness, looking for and hasting unto the coming of the day of God, wherein the heavens being on fire shall be dissolved, and the elements shall melt with fervent heat? Nevertheless we, according to his promise, look for new heavens and a new earth, wherein dwelleth righteousness." Wherefore, beloved, seeing that ye look for such things, be diligent that ye may be found of him in peace, without spot and blameless, and account that the long-suffering of our Lord is salvation, even as our beloved brother Paul, also according to the wisdom given unto him, hath written unto you, as also in all his epistles speaking in them of these things, in which are some things hard to be understood, which they that are unlearned and unstable rest, as they do also the other scriptures unto their own destruction." Ye therefore, beloved, seeing ye know these things before, beware, lest ye also, being led away with the error of the wicked, fall from your own steadfastness. But grow in grace, and in the knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. To him be the glory, both now and forever. Amen. Our reading in Psalms for November 29th is Psalm 119, 129-152. Pay. Thy testimonies are wonderful, therefore doth my soul keep them. The entrance of thy words giveth light, it giveth understanding unto the simple. I opened my mouth and panted, 
for I long for thy commandments. Look thou upon me, and be merciful unto me, as thou usest to do unto those that love thy name. Order my steps in thy word, and let not any iniquity have dominion over me. Deliver me from the oppression of man, so will I keep thy precepts. Make thy face to shine upon thy servant, and teach me thy statute. Rivers of waters run down mine eyes, because they keep not thy law. Zadi, Righteous art thou, O Lord, and upright are thy judgments. Thy testimonies that thou hast commanded are righteous and very faithful. My zeal hath consumed me, because mine enemies have forgotten thy words. Thy word is very pure, therefore thy servant loveth it. I am small and despised, yet do not I forget thy precepts. Thy righteousness is an everlasting righteousness, and thy law is the truth. Trouble and anguish have taken hold on me, yet thy commandments are my delights. The righteousness of thy testimonies is everlasting. Give me understanding, and I shall live. Cough. I cried with my whole heart, Hear me, O Lord, I will keep thy statutes. I cried unto thee, Save me, and I shall keep thy testimonies. I prevented the dawning of the morning, and cried. I hoped in thy word. Mine eyes prevent the night watches, that I might meditate in thy word. Hear my voice according unto thy loving kindnesses. O Lord, quicken me according to thy judgment. They draw nigh that follow after mischief. They are far from thy law. Thou art near, O Lord, and all thy commandments are truth. Concerning thy testimonies I have known of old, that thou hast founded them forever. And our reading in Proverbs for November 29th is Proverbs 28, 21, and 22. To have respect of persons is not good, for for a piece of bread that man will transgress. He that hasteth to be rich hath an evil eye, and considereth not that poverty shall come upon him. Okay. That's got it for the 29th. Okay, y'all, let's do our 30-second meditation. Today's prayer is on John 8, 44, which says, Ye are of your father the devil, and the lusts of your father ye will do. He was a murderer from the beginning, and abode not in the truth, because there is no truth in him. When he speaketh a lie, he speaketh of his own, for he is a liar and the father of it. So hit the 30-second back button on your podcast player a few times and meditate with me for a little while on the lies of the beast system because prayer is the heavy artillery in the armor of God. So if you're ready, let's go. Father God, Jesus rebuked the ruling class for the lies they told and the lies they live by, deceiving and being deceived. Our elites are the same today as then, especially in media. Even the things they say that are true are just used to tell some other lie somewhere else. This deception grows worse year after year. Help us, Lord, to gird our loins with truth that we may see through the lies of the world. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Okay, that's all the Bible yalling I got for you tonight. Thank you, Father, for letting us study your word and for the gift of salvation through your Son, Jesus Christ. Please bless and keep everybody listening and let this podcast be helpful to them somehow. Amen. You can find us on Podbean, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Amazon, Google, CastBox, and Facebook. If you like Bible Y'all and you want to support it, best thing you can do is to pray for me and Bible Y'all Squall and all our friends and family. Because when the devil can't get to us, it goes after them. And if you got any prayer requests, email them to BibleYallPodcast at gmail.com. Otherwise, just go on out and try to make the world a better place. And if you ain't going to do that, just try not to make it any worse. Thanks, everybody, and God bless y'all. Hey, Bible, y'all.
as thou used to as thou usest to do unto those that love thy name as thou usest to do usest as thou usest to do unto okay as thou usest to do I, i'm just going to go with that 